I was at the top of my game, but I was increasingly unhappy. Okay. I, it, I was so uh, having to keep up with the Joneses. I was, it was the imposter syndrome. Okay. I don't know why, but the longer I was in it, the more afraid I was to lose it mm-hmm. and to lose the money and to lose the, all of those things. And so I finally figured out that I needed to do something to figure out what's going on. And so in the midst of mm. all of that, getting some coaching and some counseling and um, things like that, I became... Uh, I realized I wanted to go, actually. I figured out who I was. Hello and welcome to Lancelot's Roundtable. Been thinking just about how, man, we've just had a rough year. And going into 2021, it's not really getting better. But I think I have been getting a sense of hope this week, even in the midst of all the incredible chaos. But... I just, I just understand. I know that the times are just so overwhelming for people. So I'm really excited to welcome to the roundtable Maggie Ryan. Maggie holds a Bachelor of Arts in Journalism and Telecommunications from the University of Tulsa, Oklahoma. She has a master's degree in clinical and pastoral counseling from Ashland Theological Seminary. She's a licensed professional, professional clinical counselor and supervisor state of Ohio counselor, social work, and and several other great (laughs) credentials. Maggie, welcome to the roundtable. Thank you, Lance. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, we're really excited and thrilled to have you here. So could you just tell the people here that are listening, just give us a little bit of your background, whatever you want to share, so that we can get to know you a little bit. Well, this is my second career. Um, You said I have a bachelor in journalism and telecom. That was actually my first career I wanted to be in. TV news, actually. Okay. All right. (laughs) But then I hated it. Um, (laughs) So I ended up in radio. Interesting. uh, Actually, just so I had a reason to stay in Tulsa instead of go home for the summer, I got an internship just so I could play like I was actually doing something important (laughs) instead of going home for, you know, in between like sophomore and junior year of college. Gotcha. And and just stayed in it for almost thirty years. Oh uh, wow! I was in radio. What type of radio? I was on. I did mornings. Okay. Oh, that was the last several. Okay. Uh, so I was on the air. Okay. Um, at country radio throughout the whole time. Awesome. Um, are you a country fan? Uh, actually, I was not. I am not when either. I, <laughs> but when did I you become f- first? I did become. You know, when in Rome or <laughs> yeah, you know. But I, 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 when I was in college, actually, and looking for a reason to stay in town for the summer, I had a roommate who was from Muskogee, Oklahoma, which mm-hmm. you don't know this, but years and years ago, there was a song called Okie from Muskogee, and it was this big country song. And so oh, when you say that, she was from Muskogee, you just know this, she was just this, you know, country person. And every time I left the room, she would change the radio station from my love, which was rock or pop or something, there you go. to country. And it became just like too much trouble to change it back. So I just kind of started getting used to it. Yeah. And that was one of the places that I applied for an internship. And that was who hired me. And I just never left. And mm-hmm. I did become a huge fan. I, To this day, I think the, the they're just incredible musicians and they're incredible people. Mm-hmm. I mean... Lots of music, obviously, they're incredible people, but they, I don't know. And probably the older I get, the values that Mm. a lot of them sing about, God and that kind of thing. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, that makes sense. There's something (laughs) wholesome about about 
country Beer music. I think, yeah, drugs. you're right. <laughs> yeah, something wholesome and safe there makes you think of some good, good, good food and good people. Yeah, there you I'd go. Say. I've never really enjoyed country music. I then think you it might. just haven't listened to it long enough. That, you know, I've heard that multiple times. <laughs> or have you heard this one? You know, well, it grows on you, and then they'd say, "Yeah, like a wart." <laughs> yeah, I haven't heard that one. No, but I also have heard that if you just need to listen to the right. Yeah. Country music. There really is. You can find something, whatever kind of music you like, you can find some country that sort of fits, I yeah, think. That makes sense. But so I ended up, um, I actually have a CMA award. Okay. That's um, cool. So yeah, I so I was at the top of my game, but I was increasingly unhappy. Okay. In it because it was I was just yeah, I just needed to do something um maybe more. I, I was so uh, having to keep up with the Joneses. I was, it was the imposter syndrome. Okay. I don't know why, but the longer I was in it, the more afraid I was to lose it mm-hmm. and to lose the money and to lose the, all of those things. And so I finally figured out that I needed to do something to figure out what's going on. And so in the midst of mm-hmm. all of that, getting some coaching and some counseling and um, things like that, I became... I realized I wanted to go, actually, I figured out who I was. Interesting. Instead of just what I did, I figured out who I was. Yeah. And why I mattered, even if what I did, I didn't do any longer. Yeah. And that was so game-changing for me that I decided I wanted to go back to school and help other people figure that out, too. So. Can, you, can you talk a little bit about that process? Because like, it had to have been a long process of just doing life, going through all the motions, living through that, and then... Was it like an inkling in the back of your mind that just kind of grew over time? Did you just, how did that process work itself out? Uh, both. It was an inkling and it was a, and it was a process. Honestly, as I said, more and more unhappy. Yeah. And one night, so I kind of knew I needed to give this up. But in the midst of it, thinking of giving it up, that terrified me. And because I had no idea who I would be. If yeah. I gave this up, why will anybody care about who I am? Yeah. Or why do I matter? That kind of thing. So I literally was contemplating suicide. Wow. Um, because I just was terrified and didn't know who. But I didn't really have anything in the house other than Excedrin. <laughs> <laughs> and I just didn't think that would. Yeah. So yeah. I ended up actually, I, interestingly enough, I went to a Tony Robbins um conference yeah and, you okay. know tony robbins big uh, motivational guru big yeah. tall guy yeah 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 used to have so i went to a tony robbins thing and and they do this process he calls it the dickens process mm-hmm. where he has you imagine if you if you take all the pain that you're feeling right now all the things that are holding you back all the whatever mm-hmm. and you Carry that with you five years into your future. Mm. So if nothing changes but more of it, five Mm. years in your future, what does life look like? Yeah. And then you do 10 years in your future, and then maybe 20 years, whatever. And by the end, and this is maybe an hour at least long process that he's leading you through. Wow. And really imagining and, and giving you all these prompts so that you could... And literally by the end of it, people are on the floor in pain and 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 tears and because you are so there and for wow. me I saw my life at the end of my life whenever that would be I'm in a hospital bed and I'm completely alone 
Wow. And nobody, and the nurses are taking care of me, but they, uh, you know, they don't really care because they don't know me. Yeah. And there's nobody around that knows me or that, and I, and in this, in my image, I'm saying, but I used to be somebody, yeah. you know, and I used to be loved and, but there was nobody left that loved me because I didn't let anybody in. And this yeah. was in real life. I was too afraid to let anybody in. Okay. And so as I imagine myself 10 years down the road, I'm dying alone in a hospital bed. That was the most terrifying picture. And it, 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 it kind of drove everything I did after that. I was determined I will not end up like that. And so after this experience, then he brings you back and he's like, guess what? That doesn't have to be your future. Wow. Because here you are right now at a crossroads. You've got a choice. And that wow. was life changing for me because yeah. in the midst of that, weirdly enough, I met God mm-hmm. in the midst of that whole experience. And I just sort of realized I can change. I can, I can do this. So that then was the process after Mm -hmm. that. It was probably a two and a half year process of getting to know God, getting to know who I was. Mm -hmm. I'd gotten off the air. I was doing marketing at the radio stations before then after that two year process of getting some counseling and some coaching and that kind of thing. That's then when I decided, okay, I got this. Now I got to go and give it away. Mm. Does that make that sense? That makes a lot of sense. So basically you had that crossroads experience mm-hmm. and then it wasn't that I think that's fascinating because I think it's important to point out that when you make that kind of a decision, it's not things don't change right away. Yeah. There's still like maybe foundational work that needs to take place. Is that fair? A hundred percent. It's interesting you say that. And and we might talk about this later on, but I have this program now that I've developed called SOAR mm-hmm. in how you kind of change your life, how you go through transition, how you thrive, how you deal with adversity, all those things. Basically, it's it's kind of how, yeah, I'd say how you can thrive. But one of the pieces in there is, A, that you have to own your story. Mm. And and so what you're saying, you know, it you kind of have to go through and examine things. And, and then also you have to risk. You have to risk putting into practice what you've just learned is truth. Mm-hmm. And that's scary. That is scary because all these years leading up to this, your mind has been telling you one thing. Mm-hmm. And now you know that that's not true, mm-hmm. but you, it, you have to really take some risks and, and, and act on what you know to be true, but what feels not true. Like, yeah. does that? Yeah, it you, does. That makes a lot of sense. So I'm thinking about. I'm just, so I'm relating because let me, let me, we were talking about this before the show. Lance, um, Lance is a big context person. (laughs) This is making me think of like, so I went to college to become a pilot, right? So for three years, which is a long time when you're a college age. You really did go to college to become a pilot? I went to college to become a pilot. Yes. Okay. Um, That was always the dream to become a pilot. There was multiple ways, lots of research. Got accepted to this really great university. Didn't dis- I chose to not go there because I wanted to stay in town for a variety of reasons. I felt like that was the right thing to do. Really felt like that was the right thing to do. Really felt like I was supposed to be a pilot. Mm-hmm. Really felt like I was going to be able to travel the world and have these adventures and do these different things. So I, I poured everything I had mentally, emotionally into that end goal of becoming a pilot. Yeah. So... um. I knew how much it was going to, well, I thought I knew how much it was going to cost, but the way that that story ended up ending is 
I got really into debt because flight costs are super expensive. I was hell-bent on just doing it, mm. so I wasn't looking at anything mm. else. It was just, I'm getting this done. This is my goal. This is objective. This is who I am. Because that whole time I was going, all my friends, it was all, Lance is going to be a pilot. He's going to go around. So, like, identity got that identity Absolutely. got infused into me. Um, and there was a specific point. It, I don't remember which season it was, but I was really, really in debt. And like it had really, my ability to keep doing it had been really like just slowing down. And there were really weird obstacles. Like I couldn't get a plane for three days in a row because the, there's lots of reasons why. But um, at o- Ohio State University, there was a whole fleet of planes, but there's a bunch of students that go. And there's different, there's different reasons why you'll get a plane on any given day. But if, if you're supposed to get a plane that day and the weather's bad, well, you just lost that plane for that day. So I would go like stretches of time where I wouldn't be flying for like two weeks. I would lose, this is going to sound stupid, like, a ma- like I'm a maverick in Top Gun or something, but I would like lose the edge of, of how, to, how to fly the plane and like learning yeah. everything. So it was just agonizingly slow at the end, but I still was, that was still just the objective, but I was couldn't getting burned out. Couldn't let it go. Definitely couldn't let it go. I was, my friends were starting to graduate because I was just, taking too long. I had everything else done. I was just doing like these last couple aviation classes. My dad doesn't usually do this type of a thing, but he sat me down. He's like, he basically laid it out. You're, you're really in debt. You're not going to be making a lot of money in the beginning. Maybe not at all. There was also the fact that nine 11 had happened oh, wow. like two years prior. So like the industry, the whole flight industry yeah. was like just not doing well really bleeding. So he, he was basically like, you're, you're really in debt and you're only halfway through all the stuff that you have to do. And I was right at this halfway mark. And I looked at that road ahead and I was like, yeah, I'll be like, what, a hundred and some thousand dollars in debt mm. when I'm done. And like the people, when they're done, that you don't have a, you don't have a job in an airline. You have to work Jeez, to just to get there. After you've worked all of that to get the, the license or to get your, yep. then you have to go and find a job and and wow. work, and it's all about just building up the hours until you have enough hours that an airline will even look at you, much wow. less hire you. Wow. So I realized, oh my gosh, I can't do this. And I think something, looking back on I think something actually snapped in my mind mm. when that happened. One of the hardest things I've ever had to do was write the letter, because you have to write a letter to get out of the program. So oh I had to goodness. write a letter to the director of aviation to say, I'm exiting the program which was beyond difficult in my mind because it was this thing. So like when you're just saying all of that, it's just, maybe mine was more microscopic, but it's just, yeah, it's taking me right back to that. And like, I was super poor because I ended up graduating with a, with a degree in aviation. It just wasn't, I just didn't finish the flight program, but man, finish, finishing that degree and going to college when I knew I wasn't doing, when I was, wasn't going to be a pilot, I just felt I had no idea what I was going to do. So what did you, how did you, how, how did you go through that process? What did, what, what was, what helped you to go through that process? Do you think? That's a good question. Uh, I don't think I did it well at all. (laughs) I don't think I did it well at all. I mean, honestly, I, I, I needed to keep anything in my mind to keep me from that defeat. But then there was other massive defeats that happened in my life around that same time. It wasn't just that. There was just really big, just mm. gut-wrenching mm. defeats that happened. And it's funny because, you, you know, we've talked about 
you know, the whole life coaching thing. I think I needed a life coach then. I was just, I was very bitter, resentful, and angry. I didn't even know what a life coach was back then. But I, I needed to be able to, like, stop and, like, refocus and, like, reprocess what had happened and then do what you just talked about, I think, which is, like, a two-year two or something like that process of realizing what had happened and then figuring out how to find a path to move on because I didn't for years. I I, know, I was just, like, basically doing – I would go work, and it, I worked at a bank. It wasn't anything – that was the worst part is like I went from not wanting to be a cubicle person to being a cubicle person. Mm. I was supposed to be a pilot flying all over the world. Wow. So now I'm a this, cubicle guy. So now this is your identity. All this, what you had thought was this horrible identity that you don't want. Now this is who I am. And yep. Wow. Yeah, it was, it was rough. I think over time, I think I kind of came out of it. And, but I, I remember not being able to look in the sky. Like mm, I couldn't sure. look up into the sky sure. Because the idea of seeing an airplane, like, just gave me so much. It gave me pain to, like, see one. Wow. I, there, it's, so, it's so interesting. So many things that you said in that story, um, one of which was just a little line that you threw away, but it's so powerful. You said your identity became fused with that. Yeah. Oh, definitely. And, I mean, that's such a great picture. And, in fact, it's so normal and prevalent Mm-hmm. but so unhealthy and, yes. and it's such a killer for us, but we do that. We fuse our, our, our identity with certain things or whatever. Yeah. Um, and so, and, and two, I think about, for me, it was a choice mm-hmm. and for you, it was wrenched away from you. Yeah, on, sure. In, in, and that I think makes it harder too. Yeah. I think, I think the process for all of us is, the same and can be the same. It doesn't have to take two years mm-hmm. for by any stretch. It was just, you know, I, I, for, I'm glad it did for me, but, and for you, obviously it took other uh, more years, yeah. more <laughs> years and more events. <laughs> but, but I think I, I have to believe that no matter what our process is, you know, I believe my faith says that God is always working, even mm. when we can't see it, even when we have, you know, made the bed that yeah. it, he's not up there. Like some of our parents yeah. said, you made your bed. Now you lie in it <laughs> now or whatever sleep that thing in it. is. Yeah. <laughs> he, he's not saying that he is still working to help. Yeah. I, man, it, it, it's so much easier for me to think about that now than, than it was, but that's a hindrance, right? If you can't, if it's you part can't of process your story. Yeah. So like that's I think I want to talk to you about that a little bit cuz I'm I'm thinking back then like this is this is the things that Lance would have said to you. <laughs> if if we if 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 that Lance was here right now, he would have said like, "Oh, it's okay. I'm sure something will work out and it'll be fine and something will come along." And if you asked me how I felt about it, I'd probably would have said sad, but I I would always like go too positive, especially when talking with people. So how do you think you would have been able to, what do you think you would have done to maybe get me to like, look at it? How, how could I have looked at it and processed it? So that you wouldn't have, so that you would have been able to grieve the loss, I think to start. That's good. And maybe that is what I would have done is well first of all so you we you would have had to recognize 
there's something that I want. Either there's something oh, going sure. on that I don't like, or there's something that's not going on that I want. Yeah. Right. I mean, we don't reach out for help, whether it's from a counselor or a coach or a, or a t- whatever, you know, unless there's something, unless we can at least start with that, that there's something that I don't want that's going on, or there's something that's, that I do want that, that isn't going on. Right. So, yep. so, so that's the first piece is you would have to be able to sit down and look at your life and say, okay, you know, what, how, how, is this what I want? Is this who I want to be? Yeah. Is this, you know, and, and, and that could have been a function of your age. Transition and change happens all throughout life. Yeah. And it's good. It's going to be challenging. There's going to be loss and there's going to be gain in every single yeah event that happens. And some of it, and it, yeah. So, I think for all of us, it it's important to say, okay, what am I feeling? Yeah. Um, what? Who do I want to be? It's and, and let's take it to COVID, right? You know. Yeah. Who? It, there is so much uncertainty and right. so much loss and yeah. so much we don't know when it it won't get back to where it was. Probably right. on some level, what is normal? The new, all of those things. Yeah. But. I, I like to say, instead of saying, what can I control? Like, you couldn't control the whole aviation thing and, you, or, you know, some things you couldn't. Instead of saying that, I can't control if I'm going to get COVID or not. I can to some extent, but, you know, yeah. I can't. Instead of looking at that because we so much want to have control and we really don't mm-hmm. in most of life. But even the whole, we can control our attitude. Yeah. We can't control circumstances. Even that I think is challenging to yeah. say, because that still gives us the illusion. So instead, what choices do I have here? Yeah. And who do I want to show up as? In mm. this situation and yeah. in the future, whether the kids are going to be uh, homeschooled for the rest of their career or not, or whether, you know, this, that, or the other thing, who do I want to be in that process? Yeah. How do I want to show up? I want to be loving. I want to be encouraging. I want to be this, that, and the other thing. So I, I don't know what the circumstances will be, but I know who I can be in them. Yeah. Does that make sense? That's really good. Yeah, the, all of that kind of was making me think about some different things because you brought you bring up COVID, and it's not just COVID. It's just it's well. Here's here's where I'm thinking, and I'm very curious to hear what you think about this. The idea that in 2020 we went from picking our next binge show <laughs> that we would always have plenty of Amazon deliveries if I want it. I can get something in two days. I don't have to go out and do anything. We had so much control Mm. over life where maybe the biggest thing we were concerned about is just in, in, in the, in the, in the, from the perspective of all of humanity over time, the things that we were, that we have been concerned about for a long time are rather minuscule so to, as a full society, have to go through 
this wrenching type of process, what, because we're all thinking about it kind of like together in some ways, it depends on your, maybe some of your political alignments on how you're thinking about it, but what does that breed in an individual? If that makes sense. What does the change in... Such a striking change mm-hmm. over a relatively short period of time. That is such a good question, and I there is no one answer, mm. right? Yeah. I mean, it's going to depend on what we brought into it, mm. all our personalities, our histories, our, our environment. Who's in your environment when the shifts happened? Yeah. Right? And so... Because support is so important. Mm. We are created to be relational beings. And so if you are already isolated, mm. um, it's going to be harder for you to push into being, getting support in some way, shape, or form or having relationships now that we're the social distance piece. But mm-hmm. so, so what does it do to an individual? I guess the answer is all kinds of things. It depends. Yeah, yeah. But certainly the uncertainty, just as a, as a whole in humanity and our um, bio, biology, uncertainty creates stress. Right, sure. And stress creates adrenaline. And adrenaline over time creates chronic difficulty unless mm-hmm. we're able to mitigate those, those factors in, in some way, unless we're able to to deal in a healthy way with the stress. We have been under chronic stress in this country and in the world, but in this country because of all the additional things that we have going on plus COVID um, for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. So are there ways that we can, we talked about this prior again, but the idea of self-evaluation, are there any practical steps or thoughts that you can provide along the lines of like, just how to practically be able to self-evaluate yourself. Because in my understanding is these types of things, they can grow in the background and then just kind of destroy things <laughs> in time. So like the idea of maybe being able to get ahead of it. Yeah, I think one of the most important things, I love that you just said that, is that they can just, I don't, how, I don't know how you said it, they can develop in the background and then all of a sudden explode. I don't know how you said it, but that's so key. Self-awareness is so huge that I've, um, you have to be aware before you can beware. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. So we, it's so important to be self-aware of, and so stopping and asking yourself, what's going on? What am I feeling? What am I thinking? What's happening in my body? Looking at those kinds of things. And then depending on if you are somebody that has struggled with self-awareness in the past or, or, you know, don't feel like you have a good grasp on, then get help with a friend even. And, and there are all kinds of things you can find on the, on the internet or, you know, um, just some questions that you can ask your friends, like how am I coming across or what are you noticing in Mm. me or those kinds of things. That's a really good point. Sorry. I didn't want to derail you. That's all right. I'm just, I'm like, I'm watching your, (laughs) your face. Yeah. I just, I mean, yeah. Well, like you say that and it's just, yeah. Like what a great, yeah. Check, check with the people that know you. Am I behaving any differently? They would know. Yeah. Yeah. Or hopefully would know. 
And, you know, it's kind of a hard thing to, for a lot of people to be self-aware because that means we have to look at all the feelings. We right. have to look at all the body sensations. We have to put down the alcohol or the TV show or the this or that or the other thing long yeah. enough to actually notice what's going on. But only when we notice what's going on can we actually calm and deal with the stress that's happening. Yeah. Does that make sense? That does make sense. And I kind of made a, a decision after everything that happened on Tuesday. Tuesday was the shocking storming of the Capitol. Ugh. So after that happened, I had already been seeing different things on social media. And I think the when I woke up the next day, I just, I, I made a mental thought. I just need to not be on social media. And mm-hmm. I definitely, well, mm-hmm. that's a hard one to just blanket out there and say, but I, I was very conscious that I needed to be on social media a fraction amount of the time that I was. The times that I would normally get on social media, I decided I was going to do something else instead. That was just a part of what I what was in my mind. I'm trying to get back it's, to what I was that's thinking. A, that's so key. And and again, that's one of those things we take for granted and we do automatically. Yep. And it can wreak havoc. Yes. Not just in the fact that we're not then aware of what's going on, we've zoned out, but taken to the next level, social media can really cause the comparison, Mm. you know, just all of that, even before all of this last year can cause depression as we compare and anxiety Mm -hmm. and that whole imposter syndrome, like I mentioned before, not good enough, all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So we don't need to go on about that. That's pretty well documented, all the social media ills. Yes. <laughs> but did you watch the social, what is it, the social dilemma? I haven't. I've heard oh, of it. Oh, my word. But I've heard that if you watch it, that's on Netflix, I believe. <laughs> yes, it is. If you watch it, I've been told that it might freak you out. <laughs> and I've been getting freaked out, I think, by a lot of things recently. But there's there is... Um, Elon Musk was on the Joe Rogan podcast. I love the Joe Rogan podcast. He was on the Joe Rogan podcast a while ago. Oh, man, maybe I'm getting it mixed up. I do this all the time where I'll have a thought and I listen to too much Joe Rogan. But anyway, (laughs) on the Joe Rogan podcast, it might have been Elon Musk or it might have been somebody else. They brought up the concept of that eventually will be part machine. Mm. And then I think it was Elon Musk. Again, it could have been somebody else. uh, Basically came back to Joe with a comment, we kind of already are. Mm. Think about your cell phone. What do you, how much, how much of your life do you use your phone? Is your phone an integral part of the things that you do? It's your timekeeper. It's your entertainment. It's how you figure out how to go places. I was thinking about this a couple. So we got snowed in at the Kim's parents' log cabin for New Year or for Christmas Eve. We got Ooh, snowed what a in there. Place to be snowed in. <laughs> yes, but I remember having the thought, like, "Oh my goodness, I got my family stuck down here mm. in the middle of a s- snowstorm. What if the situation had been slightly worse? What if we had been off the road? Like, my phone can't rescue mm. me in that situation. Mm. So then I had this huge night long anxiety thing of like, I should have checked. I should have done this. Wow. I should have been prepared. Yeah. And I wasn't prepared. And that scared me. That's mm. a good kind of fear. I think a good kind of wake up call type of a fear. Mm. I wanted to go back to something that we were talking about though. 
because this is something I've been th- I've been thinking about quite a bit. So, if if you can get to the point where you decide that you don't want to just how do I want to word this? Where you don't just want to maybe live by the status quo that you've been living. Hmm. And maybe that you are just aware that something's off and you don't know what it is, but something's off. But in order to figure out what's off and what needs to be corrected, I feel like you have to kind of be ready to stare into a bit of a scary abyss. Wow. I'm just picturing that. So I don't know why that just stopped me in my tracks for a moment. I think because of the, the language, sure. the scary abyss. Yeah. But you're exactly right. You're yeah. exactly right. And it, it doesn't always have to be an abyss and it doesn't always have to be scary. Yeah. But depending on how long we have avoided looking at mm. what's wrong or looking at what's not right. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and depending again on what we've brought to the table, what what how, what did we learn about feelings growing up? What did we learn about our own emotions and and you know all of those things? Is it weak to all of that kind of stuff? Yeah, uh, is the more scary it can become. Yeah, but you're exactly right that we have to stop. So, okay, I was just thinking about this. So let me, let me yeah. see if this. Yeah. So I told you, okay, right, I have a, a faith. Yep. Okay. Yep. And, and so I believe that God's got this. Like he's got me. Sure. Right? Yeah. But uh, a lot of times we don't feel it or know it or see it initially. Yeah. Right? And so imagine that we are standing on a cliff. Mm-hmm. And he is, or on the edge of a pool when you when when your kids were swimming, or when you guys go play at the pool or something, and you're in the pool, and and your son, you want him to jump into your arms, and you're like, "Come on, buddy, you can do it. Come yep. on!" And he is just terrified to jump into your arms, right? Yeah, right. And until he and then finally he has to face that scary abyss and jump yes. into your arms, yes. and then you've got him. But until until he actually takes that risk, he won't know that. And he'll always be stuck there on the edge of that pool. And I think that's true for all of us. Yeah. That until we take that risk, and for me, I believe that, you know, so I'm taking the risk and God's got me. But but until we can face that and say, I'm going to take the risk. And so the thing I've been working on recently is getting... I, we need support. Yep. We all need support from ourselves, God, and others. You're right. Right? Yep. We are created as relational beings. And so we've got to have community. We've got to have support. Mm-hmm. There is no such thing as an individual brain. We all, whatever. But we need that support of ourselves too. And mm-hmm. building that can be the bridge over that chasm, over mm. that abyss, mm. because we're always with ourselves. Yeah. And so we've got to build support for and from ourselves first that makes it so much easier to take those risks and to face those, to put down the social media, to put down the, the coping mechanism or whatever, because 
I, I, I'm supporting myself. I'm, I'm, I don't know if I'm making any sense. You're making at all, a lot of sense. So the, the, yeah, that idea of having a support network in place, which there's multiple ways that you can have support. Obviously, relational is very key. I think, um, but even just like you can, you can, you can build up your internal supports. I don't know if that's a mm-hmm. if that's a thing or not, but you can build up your internal supports, like making just good small de- decisions. That's something I've been thinking about a lot recently. Is just making a lot of good small decisions hmm. really can add up. So if I make the decision to well stick with the social media thing instead of checking my social media, how about I just do five push-ups instead? Let's do that. Or how about instead of streaming? four episodes in an evening. How about I spend the first part of my evening reading something? Wow. That you're just one teeny little step. You're right. Every day or every, you know, whatever you're right. Builds up up self-confidence, which that, cause I mean, that's, that's one thing I can remember. Cause as you were talking, I was thinking about again, back to the, the post pilot days, the idea of never getting into a plane again was was so hard to look at and the idea of the unknown now that I'm not a pilot what am I self mm-hmm. self mm-hmm. Uh, identity um and look looking back because there were so many things to look on to me that I think that's why I think of an abyss because to me being like 23 years old and looking at that giant mess just it felt like if I looked at it I would be I'd be falling into a black hole which I felt like I was kind of already falling into even if I wasn't looking at it because I, I, I like made, I didn't make any like overtly horrific decisions or anything, but I, I can remember isolating uh, <laughs> in terms of not just not sharing as much with friends that I would have shared more things <laughs> with because it gets exhausting. You're thinking about all the things that you're sad and frustrated about and you don't really feel like talking about it because then you're just thinking and feeling about it more, but you kind of need to do that. I don't really know where I was going with any of that, but those were well, thoughts. <laughs> but but I, you just make such a good point about that terror of looking into that big black hole. And if we don't have support and, and it and it we can get it from we need it from all three of those places, God ourselves and others, I I think. But it one builds on another. So if if you, like you said, were isolated and you had no friends left and you did it, you could start with yourself. You could start with God. If you don't have a faith and you don't, you know, you can start with your friends. You can mm. start with yourself. You can, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, you can start in any one of those places. And, but you, we need to have support or we won't want to look in that big black hole. But when we get support from wherever, uh, I mean, even like a counselor or a coach mm-hmm. or a somebody that's going to help you see, wait a minute, the black hole is not all you are. That is not all there is. Yeah. You were not just a pilot. Yeah. You wanted to be a pilot because of what? You wanted the adventure. Yep. You wanted to be able to travel. You wanted to be able to welcome, you know, hot hot flight attendants. That's true. <laughs> that's true. I did. Whatever it may have been, you know. So how can you live out those values somewhere else? Of course you're upset. 
Yeah. Because you don't know who you're going to be and you don't know. Right. And you're telling me you were 23. Right. So, you know, so I think that's a big thing for support too. And if you don't have anybody else, you can start to do that for yourself. Mm. Is your, even when we make mistakes, like that wasn't a mistake, but even when we make mistakes and we don't prepare for my family being snowed in or yeah. something, you can validate yourself in that. You maybe don't, we're not validating, you know, we're approving of certain behaviors, mm-hmm. but the self that did those behaviors, we can still validate. And yeah. our desire to do better is a huge plus, you know, yeah. that's something we can validate. Well, of course you're upset that you didn't prepare for your family to be snowed in. That's okay. We're going to get through this. Yep. You know, and start and making lists. Notice when I'm doing this, I'm putting my hand on yep. my, I know that probably you, it feels really woo woo for a guy, but I do this a lot. Um, <laughs> she does it all the time. I'm pretty used to it. Yeah. Touch is really important. Mm. Biologically, it brings our stress down. And so again, wow. if we don't have somebody else doing that, Mm-hmm. Doing it for ourselves, just putting your hand over your heart and and giving yourself compassion. It's going to be okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Maybe we don't know how, but we're not going to be able to figure out how. And again, this goes back to COVID and, and where all of us are in this generalized anxiety sort of place. Yeah. We maybe don't know how it's going to be okay, but we're never going to be able to figure out how personally we we can until we can calm ourselves when we're in the midst of a meltdown and our our adrenaline is yeah you know flowing our logic shuts down and that again is a biological way of keeping us safe yeah but so we've got to anyway i'm sort of all over the place no you're 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 great (laughs) this is great yeah, so can uh, a question just came in. Can you tell us more about how SOAR can help in these situations that we're talking about? Uh, yeah. So, like I said, the first piece of it. So this, this really is important for life, I think. All, every client I have, every, it's... it's these four movements, I take them through okay. constantly. And so and you've mentioned, you've mentioned so many things along the way mm. that, that fit into that. So SOAR stands for support, mm-hmm. ownership, mm-hmm. attention, mm-hmm. and risk. Mm-hmm. And so when we talk about being resilient, right, the four, yep. there are four, four, mm, four signs, four things we need to be resilient. Okay. So we want to be resilient with, out of COVID, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So the four habits are, for one, uh, relationships, mm-hmm. right? So, and you mentioned originally you were isolating, Yeah. right? Sure was. Which makes so, so much sense. We don't want to talk about our stuff and we don't want to bring other people down and we don't want to be weak and we don't mean all of those things. Definitely didn't want to be weak. Right. Yep. But we need nurturing social relationships. So it doesn't have to be Mm. a romantic relationship, any sort of supportive, validating, empathic relationship. So if you have nobody in your life, that's a good time to start with, uh, getting counseling or coaching or something like that, or a spiritual, somebody to come alongside, that kind of thing. Yeah. But support, 
from ourselves, from God, and from others. Yeah. Um, and there's research backing all of those things. There's so much research on self-compassion. You know what? Can I just say this? Yeah. Uh, did you know that there is all kinds of studies on self-compassion, but in the military? The, in the, the military? The, the military, because you think sometimes we think it's weak. If we give ourselves a pass, if we give ourselves a break, if we are compassionate mm. with ourselves, if we say, oh, it's okay, honey, that you yelled at little Stevie, you know, or whatever. Yeah. But the military, the service members that go into battle having built up self-compassion mm-hmm. before they go into battle have a much less incidence of PTSD after battle because of that. I think I've actually heard something like that. So, but that, that makes complete sense. You can go into a traumatic experience and come out much better mm-hmm. if, uh, how did you word that? If you've had self-compassion, Self, if yeah. you've already built it up, you yeah. know, and, and self-acceptance. And again, it's not accepting just in our day-to-day lives. We're not accepting the behavior per se, mm-hmm. if we have been just horrible to, you know, whatever, but the person who... We're accepting ourselves in the midst who's done the behavior. Yeah, that so, makes sense. Owning our story. So ownership mm-hmm. is the is the next one. And and that one's one of those where, you know, you've heard the past is the past, leave it in the past. Da, 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 da. Oh yeah. Yeah, oh, well yeah. you can't. Right. You don't. It affects us. And so much of it is subconscious. It affects we get triggered, our bodies respond, and um, and then we react out of that and So we need to examine the past, allow ourselves to know and to to work through our story, because all that that has led to today is part of what's created us. It hasn't all been good, Mm -hmm. but it's part of our story. So learn from it. Don't live in it. It's a great place to visit, right? But we don't want to live there. Yeah. Um, and, And then owning, there's a whole bunch to ownership, but owning who we want to be. Mm. And if you have faith, who God says you are. Yeah. You know, but but your values, that's that's where you really want to look at who do you want to be? Who do you want to show up as your values? Owning boundaries, mm. you know, so I'm not going to let you walk all over me and I'm not going to put myself um, last all the time because I think you're so much more important than I am. You know, it's yeah. a, all of that is yeah. ownership. It's good. Um, the third one is attention, and that's all about mindfulness. Hmm. And you've mentioned so much in different ways about how do we how do we self evaluate? How do we know if something's wrong? Hmm. How do we do that? That's where the A comes in. There's so much um, importance on being self aware and and paying attention to our our body sensations. Yeah, I walk in every time I walk in Giant Eagle. And my heart starts racing or something. So what's that about? And, hmm. I, you know, I, so anyway, I just mend that up. I don't know where that came from, but. No, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> it's almost like attentiveness, being attentive to what's going on. Yes. And then, you know, again, I just, you're probably going to get tired of me talking about this, but faith wise, there's so much pay attention to what God is doing right now mm-hmm. in the moment. Where is he in the moment, yeah. you know? Because that gives me a boundary that, or an anchor, you know. Wow. So, so, uh, so paying attention to your thoughts. Oh my word, 
that's so huge. Don't believe everything you think. Wow. <laughs> right? Yeah. Because our thoughts are just in way back in the beginning of our time together, you mentioned being fused with your identity. Yep. Or your identity being fused with that of being a pilot. Yeah. So we can fuse with our thoughts and then it becomes real and true to us. But our thoughts are just words. They're just mechanical, you know, electric, magnetic, blah, blah, blah. I'm not a neuroscientist, so I'm not going to use the right words. <laughs> but, but, you know, our, our thoughts are not so often they're not true. But even sometimes when they are, they're not helpful. Yeah. Right? Right. If, if I, well, I could way go off on this tangent, so I won't. But that's a big one as far as attention, is paying attention to what your thoughts are. Because they're going to create your feelings, your emotions. Whatever you're thinking right. is right. creating what you're feeling. And what you're feeling creates what you do. It yep. creates your actions. And your actions then create your reality and create your future. So if yeah. you want to change your actions and have a better future, you got to start with your thoughts. That's, that's really good. I want to ask something on that because that feels so big to me. So what do you tell people when they just express the state of being where they don't know how to stop? They don't know how to stop the thoughts, the thoughts that just keep coming. I'll never this, I'll never that. Um, I don't have this. I don't have that. Just all that, all those Mm -hmm. negative thoughts that Mm -hmm. the way I think about it, again, going back to aviation is the, the, the one thing you never want to do when you're flying is get into a flat spin. Mm, you get into a flat spin, great you analogy. can't recover. There's lots oh. of things that you can recover from when you're flying. And you, you learn a lot of them, but you learn about what a flat spin is where it's basically just unrecoverable. It's what happened in Top Gun, how, how Goose died. Yeah. Spoiler alert. <laughs> That's how Goose dies in Top Gun, guys. Canopy after a flat spin issue. So... I feel like I've seen people um, who it, the, the negative thoughts are so bad that they get very close or they enter into a flat spin that they can't recover from. So what are good ways when negative thoughts are spinning and hitting you? What are tools and how do you develop those muscles so that you know how to recover so you don't enter into an unrecoverable state? Gosh, Lance, that is such a great question and it's such a great analogy. Mm. Well, thank you. (laughs) You the the how do you build those muscles? I think is how you said it, and I so appreciate you saying that because we expect. Well, at the very least, we desire. I'm I for one hundred percent desire that it would not be a muscle that it would just be you know instantaneous knee jerk reaction. Uh, Yes, and that I could change it on on a dime. Yeah, that I could say, and there are plenty of teachers out here and some coaches and things that will say, you know, no, you just think differently. And, and, but you, Mm. it's, you can't, it's hard. It's a muscle, which requires work daily, you know, sometimes hourly, sometimes whatever. And which is mindfulness. So, so, so there are two things I would say. One is doing the underneath work of let me say, there's three things. Three things. One would be the deep underneath work. That's part of owning your story. Is what's where is the root of these thoughts that are that are coming? Ooh. Right. Yeah. And so it might be something from my history. It might be voices from my past mm-hmm. that are still playing out that I don't even recognize. That's what happened because it sounds like me, and it sounds like it's truth. And mm-hmm. right. So. 
but there also could be some physical stuff going on. I mean, let's, you know, so there's a lot of that stuff you want to look at the deep. The second piece is then you want to do the mindfulness work of meditation and of recognizing, um, just recognizing those thoughts and doing mm. the, uh, building the muscle of defusing, like unhooking from the thoughts. And there's all different kinds of, of ways that you can do that. One of which is just, so, so to say this, I, I'm not good enough. Just say that to me. I'm uh, not good enough. Or, or something that you would maybe normally kind of struggle with. Is there a thought that you have that you, a negative thought that sometimes. Oh yeah. The resource ceiling is glass and I'll never break it. Okay. Okay. So that feels, so if I took some time and really had you feel that and see that and you could make it pretty real in oh, you yeah. and feel it in your body and probably have lots of things to, okay. I'm having the thought that the resource ceiling, blah, 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 or however you said it. So say that, add, add I'm having a thought that. I'm having the thought that there's a resource ceiling and I'll never break it. Okay. So now I want you to add, I notice I'm having a thought that, da, 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 da. I notice I'm having a thought that there's a resource ceiling and I'll never break it. So, and so what happens when you add those things? Yeah. So when you say, I notice that it becomes less powerful, mm -hmm. it becomes less, uh, it loses substance. Mm hmm it it yeah and there's some distance right? yeah yeah so there's there's all kinds of little tools like that that you you, you i have sometimes people sing that mm. into some you know the barney song or whatever your kids are watching these days you know yeah sing that line to that tune over and over and over and over yeah. so then it again it creates some distance so there's all kinds of tools like that that would be the second thing yeah and then the, the third thing, so I think I said, first, look at the root. Second is yep. mindfulness, yep. meditation, those kinds of things. Practice those unhooking skills. Yep. And then the third thing would be in the moment doing some grounding of your body. So mm -hmm. that because you've and, and, and change your physical state. Mm -hmm. So when you notice that you're having this and you're in this flat spin, yep. you've got to do something to stop it. And, right. and one of the things is to pull the ejection, I guess, or something. I'm like, I don't know the metaphors to use. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> but do something to stop it, which change your physical state. Do some grounding, like notice what am I feeling in my body? That gets your, your head out of your head and into your body. Mm -hmm. And it becomes this anchor that does not stop the storm, but it keeps the ship steady in the midst Got of the it. storm. Okay. And so then you calm, and then eventually you can think more rationally to, okay, even if blah, 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 and, and then maybe, you know, come up with something different. But the biggest piece of this is, is it a helpful thought? And if it's not helpful, then I'm not even going to entertain it. I'm not even going to fight it. You know, back in the 90s or something, we learned 80s, how to, how to fight our negative thoughts. Okay. Now... That just keeps us spiraled in. It keeps us in this spin. Really. Instead, just don't even entertain it. Mm -hmm. you, when you, because as you try to analyze it and think, well, no, maybe I'll be able to reach it. Maybe I'll be able to break through. You know, as you do that, it's just keeping you in the spin. Because every yep. time you, every time you give it a positive thought, a negative one is going to 
fight it. So I've got an analogy for that. It's the same now. It's the same analogy when you have to recover from a spin. Uh huh. In actual aviation terminology, if you do the thing that if you do the knee jerk thing that your senses want you to do, uh, which is turn oh, away good. from it or bank away from it, I, th- I think that's the right way to put it. Some somebody out there is going to correct me, but um, I think the way the maneuver works is let's say you're. I've got my hand up like an airplane. You guys can't see it. But if your flat spin is down to the left, nose down, so that means that you're spinning to the left towards the ground, you want to, I have to think through the physics here, you want to obviously spin the other way. So you're, what you want to do hmm. is move the controls away from the spin, but what you actually want to do is turn into it. Because you because you've lost lift somewhere, so you need to get lift back there. So instead of turning away, you have to turn in. That's really good. Hopefully, I don't have that backwards. That you know what turning in would look like in this instance. Mm-hmm. It would look like validating yourself in the midst of mm. somehow. It might look like supporting yourself, like unhooking from the thought, but somehow. Supporting yourself. So mm-hmm. unhooking, like not fighting the thought yeah. or turning the opposite direction, yep. but instead just finding some, I don't know, some positive something um, that you can say to yourself or supportive something that you can say to yourself, calling a friend, doing something that that might be what could be turning into it. Interesting. That's, I don't know. I'm making that up as I go. But Well, I might have been making that up, too. It's been so long. But well, but isn't that what we do on the ice? Yeah. Don't we turn into the spin or whatever? Oh, I don't know. On ice? Uh, yeah, in a car. Oh. Somehow yeah, that's... Oh, like, so if you're on black ice? Yeah, I think so. But I do remember it definitely is true that if you're in a spin, you don't do what you think you should do. Yeah. You have to basically force your brain to do... To do on the controls what you know you're supposed to do. Okay, it does, it absolutely fits just even that piece. You don't do what you think you should do. That right there is, is when we have these negative thoughts, what we think we should do is fight back mm-hmm. or just give in. And neither one of those are, mm. are helpful. Yeah. What we should do is change our physical state, change our, um, you know, find a, find a different find a different thought that doesn't even have anything to do with this. Yeah. Stop. So one of the analogies that they, that I've been taught is every time you, if you're playing chess, every time you move a white piece, mm-hmm. you know, like that's a positive thought. Mm-hmm. And ne- a, a, the, uh, the opponent is going to move the black piece, mm-hmm. which is a, a, a negative thought is going to come in. Mm-hmm. I could go off on a whole other tangent cause you like context. And the truth <laughs> is sure. our brain is trying, it is a functional, there is a reason our brain is giving us all these negative thoughts. Okay. It's trying to be helpful. Interesting. But I, we won't go there. But the point is just know that every time you try with a positive thought in that moment, uh-huh. you're going to get negative thoughts. So how do you get out of it? You're not playing the game. You're the chessboard. J- you mm. just let all of that stuff go on uh-huh. and know, to, know that that doesn't have anything to do with you or truth or so are you basically saying there's almost like a natural thing that goes on in our brain where it's trying to be negative it's trying to keep you safe interesting 
we are, that's the, but it's not doing it correctly. It's no, no, because it, it, we were, you know, anything that's different Uh out is, is scary. And is it possible danger and could kill us? Oh, okay. So, you know, caveman days, we come out of the cave and we hear a roar. We have learned run. Yeah. You know, that's something bad. Because Don't lean it's into different. that spin. Right. <laughs> so our brains, the, the one thing is to keep us safe. Yeah. So, and it wants to seek pleasure, avoid harm, and do so in the most efficient manner possible. Whoa. Today, we don't need, you know, we, we're, we're safe and we're for the most part. And yeah. we don't, we don't have to go out seeking for food and all of those things, but our brains haven't evolved in that. The, the most basic part of our brains, the, the, the biological part. Yeah. At, you know, there's the whole mammalian and all of that. Anthrop- I don't even know. No, that just, that just, wow, that was, that's a very, I mean, that, that, that's obviously true. In order to survive, we had to be very aware that we were in a very dangerous world and we need to be ready for the worst if we wanted to survive. So yeah, like all those natural brain functions within us that's taught to survive. Wow. That's mind blowing. So you think about just the fear of rejection. Mm -hmm. We were created to be, we're safe, there's safety in the tribe. Yeah. When we were outside of the tribe, for whatever reason, we're alone and now open to the elements and the lions and tigers and bears. Mm-hmm. So there's safety in the tribe. So today, fear of rejection for a lot of us causes terror. Wow. And we don't understand why. And of course, our brains don't want us to be rejected. And, you know, so. Wow. So there's, that's the negativity bias that that has, what is it, seven to one? We need seven positives to equal oh, one negative. Yeah. Because I've heard that, yeah. Our brain goes to the negative because that's what's going to keep us safe. Wow. Right? It just automatically assumes. So, again, this whole uncertainty of the time that we're in and everything that's different, it's, it's automatic that it's going to create stress in us and that it's going to feel scary. So, we've got to be. Um, we've got to be intentional about looking at what's happening in our bodies and, and what, where our thoughts are going. And um, So I kind of want to make sure I understand that because I feel like that point was really good. So the idea that you don't want to fight the thought, uh, like the negative thoughts as they come in. Instead, what you want to be doing is being a well there's a there's a couple things but I think this is what I heard so just tell me what I've missed being aware of what's going on and basically telling yourself that you're going to be okay or that it's okay instead of saying instead of fighting the negative thought what's the thing that I want to do uh, well you want to notice it mhm and if it's something that's absolutely mm, in the moment uh-huh if you try to fight it when, when you're already feeling amped up or Got sad it. or something like that, okay. if you try to fight back in the moment, a lot of times you're just going to stay in that spin. Got it. Right? So the better thing to do is do some body awareness stuff. Notice what feelings, what emotions you're having, 
what body sensations you're feeling, name the emotion, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Let things calm, and then, and then you can look at the thought and do some mm, some exploration. Is this true, or even is this something that I want to really allow myself to focus on? Yeah. And if not, then what am I going to put in my mind instead? And be intentional about focusing on the positives, the the truths, the, the you know affirmations all over your house or whatever. And I don't I don't want to sound woo woo, but it honestly it does. For some of us, we have a bent to go all the time toward worry or toward yep. negative, you know, depression or whatever. So we've got to be intentional about putting the other stuff in. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. I was trying to figure out if we got to the R. I didn't know if we got to the R. <laughs> I don't think so. But the, that's good because it's a good place where we come to. The R is to risk doing all of that. Got the R it. is to risk. Once you have, sometimes that's where people have to start. I have to risk asking for support. So yeah. you go back to the, you know, I have to risk looking at my past. I have to risk owning who I want to be and deciding what my values are. And I have to risk being kind when I really want to beat up this person. You know, yeah. I, have to, um, <laughs> I have to risk doing, putting down the, the phone and doing some meditation mm. instead. Or like you said, doing five push-ups or you know, so risk is, is kind of where the rubber meets the road. If we've done all three of the first things and we don't actually put it into action, risk is where we're putting it into action. If we don't put it into action, it, you know, we've learned all this, but nothing's happening. Yeah, nothing's actually happening. Yeah. That makes sense. All right. Well, man, so many good things that we talked about. There's a lot more I would love to discuss. We're just getting close to time. So, Maggie, can you just tell the folks how they can find you uh, if you want to be found? Um, (laughs) And uh, if there's people that have just like heard this episode and they're like, okay, (laughs) I need something. (laughs) I need to go. I need I, I need resources. Uh, So, you know what? I'll make it easy. Uh, MaggieRyan.com. So uh, you can go there for all of that. And um, I will have, I have on the resources page okay. some, uh, all the kinds of things that we talked about. There's a, there's a, a, a mini course just on support. Interesting. All those okay. things that we talked about. So there's that. There is what to do if you're feeling anxiety, what, mm-hmm. how do we, so even if you don't want to get a counselor or a coach or you don't want to do some one-on-one, there's some resources there just to, how do I help myself? Fantastic. How do I, what are some things, some steps that I can go through? There's some cool mindfulness stuff on there. Um, family mindfulness mm-hmm. activities. So how do you get your kids involved in doing these things? So there's, yeah, all kinds of things on just MaggieRyan.com. Ryan with an H, correct? Ryan like the river with an H, yes. There, Ryan like the river. I like okay. that. MaggieRyan.com. So go hit up her page. And I haven't done this yet, but I've been thinking about doing this. So for this episode, I'm going to do the, you're my first guest that I'm going to do this for. So I would like to have you back on. <laughs> so folks, if you have questions for Maggie, uh, I want you to go to LancelotsRoundtable.com. And we have a way where you can reach out to us. I believe it's an email link. So shoot me an email and send me a question that you want me to ask Maggie next time she's on. We'll see if that does anything. 
we'll see if we get any traction there. But anyway, thanks so much for coming on. Gosh, Lance, I just could sit here and chat with you for hours. So thank you so much. It was great. Yeah, very good. Thanks everybody for listening and uh, we'll see you next time.